to Mystery Beers episode number 226 of... Brutal Battle! Yes, and as promised on the last episode, it is my father this time who's in the hot seat, I guess. It's actually the same seat that my mom was in. So Readjusted. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're not sitting in the exact same spot, but it is the same chair. So... We're going to just talk about you and your relationship with craft beer. You have more of a relationship with beer in general than, than mom does. So let's start with when you were younger. What was your first introduction to beer in general? Um, I didn't have any beer available to me until I went to college. Okay. Okay. I, I was raised in a modestly holy roller type of a church religion Protestant religion, and uh, no, there was there was no alcohol. There was not even not not even alcoholic um, uh, Easter. Um, so not even for special occasions. Yes, basically. yeah. The Easter wine it was supposed to signify Christ and all that kind of stuff. And at this point, I do call it that kind of stuff. Um, that was not alcoholic either. It was grape juice. I mean, for us, when we were younger, we always enjoyed having, you know, sparkling grape juice or sparkling yes. apple juice, yeah. all that. But yeah. um, Because you were underage. <laughs> so, so you weren't even around it at all? Not until I went to college. Okay. So you hadn't even seen anyone drinking beer until you went to college? Yes. That's you, true. Really? Okay. Um, well. That's I, uncommon. I, I, okay. In my household. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes. Nuclear family. Okay. Now, outside of that. I remember uh, my great-grandfather on the weekends would be sitting in his chair listening to the Cleveland Indians mm -hmm. baseball game. On the radio, I guess. On the radio with a Louis Lamar Western okay. paperback in his lap hmm. and a POC on the floor next to him. Who's POC? I don't know what POC really stood for. It was a beer, it was a and brand. they and it was a pilsner, and they said it was people of Cleveland. Oh, okay. At that time, but I could be misremembering that. Huh? Yeah, I've never even heard of that. But yeah, POC, you know, there have been many breweries okay. over history mm -hmm. that people have no idea about now, including Baltimore. I believe used to have like that. Like a thousand breweries yes. or something in the yes. in the Baltimore, Maryland type area, a long time ago. Yes, and in contrast to Cleveland and and uh, and Baltimore, I uh, had the opportunity to visit Milwaukee at one point. Okay, and when I was visiting at that time, I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it might have been sometime in the eighties or maybe or even early nineties, but somewhere around there that. There was a lot of lamenting that the brewers, uh, brewing companies, were consolidating and going out of town. Oh, they were leaving Milwaukee. They were leaving Milwaukee, but Milwaukee was a big beer brewing town, I remember. Yeah. For the longest time, it was considered to kind of be the epicenter of yes. beer in the United States. Yes. And I thought I had um, moved after I went to college and I did um, you know, start drinking some beer. Um, I thought I was moving up when I was able to drink old Milwaukee beer. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Old Milwaukee. So you're okay. so once you get to college, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, what was it, what was your first introduction? It was just friends, a picture, drinking. Yes. Yeah, my roommates. Um, we were um, uh, freshmen in um, in a lot of respects um, on our own, um, but but not um, and exploring. Um, we were at Ohio State University, uh, and we went uptown. We which we went to High Street, which the university is right up against. High Street. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bars are were, were very accessible. Um, but yes, uh, it would be a pitcher of beer. And if you if you ask me what brand of beer that was, I couldn't tell you. It was a yeah. pitcher of beer. It was the cheapest thing that you could buy and still have some beer. So it wasn't even called out on any menu. It was just no, a pitcher of beer. It was this much. It was a pitcher. So and and we would split. Uh, you know, myself and, and roommates, uh, you know, two or three of us, four of us sometimes, uh, we would split the cost of a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And that's about all we could afford either. So, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't fancy, um, but it was going out to the bar. Yeah. Well, that points out how the sophistication of beer has evolved over time yeah. because what, the time you're talking about in college, like they wouldn't even say what the beer is because it didn't matter. People were just like, all beer is basically the same. Nowadays, it's very specifically called out. Literally there are, are bars and, um, and, uh, other tap rooms that will put specific beers on tap just to get people to come in mm-hmm. because they know that particular style or that particular name of beer will bring more people into their establishment to make money. So it's a huge, it's night and day, really. I mean, it's huge. And that just comes with kind of what we talked about on the last episode with my mom, just what's available, you know, how much wasn't available then and how much is available now. But not even necessarily number of breweries, because at one point there were a ton of breweries, but they were all doing a lot of the same thing. It's just, it's more diverse now, stylistically. And Yes, I agree, I agree with the, that observation. Yeah. yeah. So, I will let you know, too. When I was in college, we visited some people at Ohio State, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it worked the same then as it does, at, well, as it did then, my then. Yeah. Uh, but they could use their meal plan to purchase beer on campus. Not, not when I was in college. <laughs> we thought it was great because when we were visiting, uh, we drank for free because we were like, oh, do you want us to chip in? And the people were like, no, this is all part of our meal plan. We can charge it on our meal plan. A lot changed uh, from the time that I went to college and the time that you went to college. Uh, when, when, when I went to college, the commons, which was the – cafeteria that serviced uh, three or four residence halls um, had all you could eat, all you could uh, drink of uh, beverages that were not alcoholic, um, and, you know, mm. inc- including uh, chocolate shakes, strawberry shakes. Oh, you, wow. know, you just went to the machine and you got them. Um, and that didn't last very long. It was either the end of my freshman year or the beginning of my um, sophomore year that uh, there was a big um, strike for pay on the part of the employees who were being underpaid, um, the staff. Um, and, and all of a sudden, uh, they made some adjustments, and there were limitations to what you could, uh, you could get at the residence halls. 
the, the quality of the food, I don't recall it going down, but um, you could only go through the line once, as okay. opposed to you could go through a couple times and get refills on whatever, main course, appetizers, um, and, and beverages. And um, the football players were also in, the, in that uh, commons. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, they would go back, you know, like six times through the line. <laughs> and it was, it was just wow. amazing. Of course, those guys were, were amazingly large, and some of them were nice, and some of them were a little full of themselves and on the uh, angry, nasty side. <laughs> no, well, unfortunate with that. Well, yeah. So you enjoyed beer, or you just kind of, that was the thing to do in college? It was more um, a thing to do, but I I, I got a um, um, I had then a taste of of beer. I did not drink beer to get high. I um, did have one experience where um, I drank to the point ended up being starting with some beer and going through two different kinds of cheap wines. Oh. When I say cheap wines, I'm talking about like Carlo Thunderbird. Rossi. Ripple oh, oh. and and Bally High, <laughs> okay. And waking up the next day, um, and and asking my roommate, you know, what the hell happened here? So <laughs> and and he's looking at me and saying, you, what the hell happened here? <laughs> so I don't I don't know those two varieties, but Thunderbird I've heard plenty yeah. of. That yeah. is a thing of legends, not good legends, bad yeah. legends, yeah. historically speaking, from an alcohol yeah. perspective. But I learned from that experience. I um, I don't like uh, get. I, I decided at that point I don't want to drink to get drunk. I right. don't want to drink to get high. I that's not a feeling that I like. Uh, there's too much to life. There's too much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you just shouldn't be in a state of mind where you can't think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, we have, um, you know, we have a we have people who uh, don't think and they're sober, let alone when they're drunk. So well, I, I prefer to stay uh, on the sober side. Well, I'll tell you, when, when I was in college, I did like the idea of getting drunk to get drunk. And that lasted for some years. But then I just feel like with mature individuals, as you get older, you kind of age out of that. Yeah. And yeah. for me Particularly, it ended up becoming a situation of, I don't like not being in total control of all my faculties. I like feeling like I'm normal. Yeah. So. And that's, that's, that's a similar experience that I went through. Yeah. So, yeah. well, and that's where I am still. Yeah. It's like feeling normal. That's why when I drink a beer, I will drink one, maybe two, done. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, here and there, it gets a little bit more if I'm like recording a bunch of episodes in a day, but... It's not a good time. Well, and and, and you know from uh, the previous podcast uh, that you recorded um, that um, uh, I'm, I'm married to a dweeb, apparently. <laughs> um, I will not drink um, a lot during the year, mm-hmm. uh, even at um, the holidays. Um, it's, you know, a beer here and there, um, a glass of wine here and there. Um, I particularly like to have... Um, a nice cold Molson beer um, after working out in the yard in the summer. Yeah, uh, you know, just and just sit outside with the work done 
and have a nice cold Molson beer. Sure. Well, when I remember you drinking beer most when, when I was younger was while you're grilling. Yes. That always seemed to me to be your sweet spot time-wise of this is when it's appropriate for beer time. Yeah. And so I remember, these are all the beers I remember. Molson, of course, because there was usually Molson. Yeah. Boddington's was another oh, one. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, but um, I think it was getting harder and harder to find it. I think you can find it. Well, okay, I shouldn't speak yet. As of a few years ago, I think you could find it pretty readily available. Yeah, but Boddington was very good. It was a ale. And ale, then ale. Um, Lowenbrow. A little bit of Lowenbrow. Uh, a little bit, but little not, bit. not much. Yeah. And I think, I think the Lowenbrow was a little bit influenced by me because I started liking Lowenbrow when I was in college and then brought it home and was kind of like, let's drink some Lowenbrow. I think that's right. But you took to it, yeah. at least for a little bit. Yeah. But so nowadays when you're going... I do listen to what you say. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nowadays when you're on those rare occasions where you want to drink a beer, you want a Molson. Yes. But are there any other beers that you will go for? Yeah, you know, I will try something else, but usually I, you know, I, you know, I, I can't do an Anheuser-Busch product, InBev product at all. Um, I just don't go in that direction. Is it because and, of what they make or because of their politics? No, it's because, uh, because of what they make. It's like, um, I think Molson is, uh, is a better beer for my taste. Uh, than than what uh, what Budweiser puts out for you know, and I understand. Um, I read something recently that Budweiser was becoming a little more um, popular. It was becoming unpopular, uh, especially after InBev you know bought. Um, but uh, but then um, I also saw that just recently within the last year they started putting out their cans. That uh, that looked awfully political and awfully. Um, this is an American beer when the company's they're, not American. Yeah, they're not American. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, it's just another lie, well, and it's, it's not even in the White House. It's very much of listen, uh, listen to what we say, don't look at what we do. Yes, um, AB and Bev's been like that for a long time. Yeah, they're not a good company when it comes to looking at the actual industry, the health of the industry of beer. They're bad for it. They're terrible for it because they try and kill everyone else. And variety is what makes any industry thrive, really. So, yeah. But um, so, so the short answer is if I don't have the Molson, I usually just I'm not drinking beer. Yeah. yeah. Which and it's and that might sound a little weird to some people, especially in the in this age of craft beer where everybody's trying, um, you know, 15 different <laughs> craft beers. Yeah. But I will say that you, when, once again, like with mom, when we come over and we're having, you know, a yeah. family get together, we I'll will bring beers and you will always try stuff. You and there are some, there are some that you've brought over that I've said, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. I think, was the most, what was the most recent one that you thought was not bad? Was it a Union Skipjack, I think? That sounds familiar. Their German Pilsner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But yeah. I mean, so you're at least... You know, you don't want to drink often, but you're at least adventurous and will try craft beer. So my aim at some point is to try and get it so you're not buying Molson anymore. And instead <laughs> you're buying true craft beer. 
Okay. Because there is something that's going to taste kind of like it at some point. At some point, yeah. I mean, I, I will still try. Somewhere out there. Over. Yeah. The, the other, uh, and there's a question I have for you, which is, have you ever had Molson Triple X? No. It was it was available when I was in college. Ice was my it. was my favorite. Molson Ice. Yes. I don't think they make it anymore. And I don't think they do. Yeah, I think they quit on that. Right, right. I don't even know. What is the difference? Did they... but, but right now, uh, if, if I, I'm going out to buy some Molson, I'll just get the regular. Regular Molson. Molson with the Canadian leaf, the maple leaf on it. Yes. Should be watching hockey while you're drinking. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> goes hand in hand. No, but the triple X was basically, it was available when I was in college and I tried it and it was, I mean, it's, it seems more like a beer with a purpose of getting you somewhere. Cause it was like 10%, I think. Yeah. It was like, here's lots of alcohol and no flavor. Well, and, and in, uh, when I, when I was younger and I was just out of college and I was, um, uh, working, uh, in the, in corrections, um, I was introduced to um, Colt 45. Um, I was the only um, white person um, who was on our shift. Okay. Okay. Um, and it was actually, it was a, a great experience. I don't like Colt 45. Didn't like it. Don't like it. Okay. Uh, but it was, it was a great awakening for me to understand a culture that I had not seen before. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, a lot of great people. Yeah. That was a job that, well, I know that was a job where you met mom in, when you were working <clears throat> in that. Well, it wasn't, work. it wasn't that job. It was, uh, that well, was when I went out. That's, that's when I, I left the uh, corrections institution to the, um, and this was juvenile, but at that time, uh, juvenile included uh, uh, people who had committed murder up to the age of 25. Um, So there were 25-year-old people who had committed murder that were in my charge uh, in that institution. But um, they, that was when I was a parole officer um, that then I met your mother and um, and she was no dweeb. <laughs> she was no dweeb, but uh, but she was she was working at the um, she was working at the group home uh, for delinquent youth um, at the downtown Y in Columbus, Ohio. And um, I I met her uh, there. She was the social worker. I was the parole officer, and we we just. We we hit it off. Um, we uh, there was one day, you know, I came in and uh, the Y had a lunch counter downstairs. Downstairs, and I came in. It was a hot day, and um, I was wearing. I was cool. I was wearing mirrored sunglasses, and you know, <laughs> uh, I was the the uh, the people who um, uh, were in my charge um, under uh, parole um, knew not to mess with me. Because of the uh, mirrored point, sunglasses. Well, it, there's an attitude that goes with it. <laughs> okay, it's it's not one I have today, but it, it, at that time, and uh, I took off my sunglasses, and she just she just thought that I looked cool. Did and, she think there's a guy who drinks Molson? <clears throat> however, however, it it took uh, quite a bit of 
her coworker talking her into actually going out with me when I asked her to go out. So, <laughs> I so on the one hand, she um, she we were introduced at the lunch counter in the downtown Y, um, but on the other hand, it took some coworkers of hers to uh, get her to go ahead and go through with um, a date with me. Yeah. And it just was, uh, you know, let's let's have dinner um, uh, after a, a hard day, you know, working with kids who were, were, were getting in trouble, working, and, and uh, there was also an adult program right above that in the next floor. <clears throat> and so the adult, the adult people who had been in trouble were influencing the, the, um, the younger kids in the next floor down, including getting them involved in a, a uh, car theft ring, uh, because uh, the the thought was uh, the adult, yep. if he was caught, uh, would go break to prison, and the juvenile, if he was caught, would just go back to juvenile court. That's still that's still practice nowadays. Yeah, yeah, that's still- <clears throat> yeah, and it had been um, one of those uh, situations, and. And it had been a tough week, and um, and uh, your mother was vulnerable to being asked for asked out. <laughs> so she was broken so, down and, enough. And then she so. and, and and then she had second thoughts, and her her coworkers, uh, you know, encouraged her to, yeah, go out, you know, have dinner. But everything worked out because I'm here. That, yes, <laughs> I exist. Yes, that was a, that was our first date. So I we think- are still on that first date. So I think that even though that doesn't have to do with beer, it goes back to something that is very much tied into beer, which is openness. Yes. And the fact that beer, and for a long, long time, has, you know, cultured, I don't want to say culture, cultivated Mm -hmm. a open environment. And here she came from a a family that was very familiar with beer. Mm -hmm. I mean, very German, small town in Ohio. Um, and, and then, and I came from the, the culture of no alcohol okay, until I went to college. Okay. So, um, we, you know, we went to the bar, we, uh, um, we, uh, uh, played air hockey. That was, that was big back then? That was big that back then. I wish it was big now. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, it That's is. Awesome. It was. Yeah. 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 And, um, the rest is history. Yeah, it is. Well, and... Like I was talking about how, you know, beer just creates, like, cultivates an, an open environment. Yes. You know, thinking back to before everyone was using Netflix and just staying in their house more often, the pubs, the <clears> bars <throat> were the places that everyone would go. Everyone would sit down, have a beer, relax. Mm-hmm. And while you're relaxing with a beer, which, by the way, there is a scientific study that's found that the act of drinking beer actually does physically relax you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to do with alcohol, surprisingly enough. Um, while people are feeling this, they would just get more open. They would talk more to people about their days, about their yeah. professions, about whatever. And one of the things that uh, goes along with that thought is when your mother introduced me to her father and mother, her family, mm-hmm. okay, um, her mother, it, her, her mother had a side talk with me uh, telling me that um, that um, I only wanted one thing, and she knew what kind of person I was, and uh, 
Basically, she she was not happy. Okay. Yeah, I'd heard that. However, her dad. I had a beer with her with with her dad. Um, he would grill and he would drink beers and uh, while he was grilling and he would grill um, what he was grilling. Uh, usually, it was uh, chicken tenders was his specialty. Okay, which was very, very Wait, good. Wait, was it that same marinated chicken tender yes. recipe that yes. I remember? Yes. Oh, that's yes. a great one. And that your mother has. Oh, maybe that's another episode. Yeah. My maybe, mom can do maybe. that recipe on there. Okay. But, um, you know, I could have a beer with him mm-hmm. while he went through more than one beers, but that's how he paced when the food was done. Well, it, and, first of all, that's awesome. But he, that's funny. But he was really, and, and, and he was really... Um, a, a good guy. Yeah, he was a great guy. One of the silent but observing everything and knowing everything type people. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a perfect example of how, you know, beer's always been a social thing. Yeah. You know, it, it has that, I don't want to say, it's not a stigma, it has that association, yeah. basically, where it is a social thing. And that's a prime example of, yes. this is how we will break bread, this is how we will mm-hmm. get to know each other. Mm-hmm. I remember, actually, very similar, uh, Rebecca used to um, be a aide for, and, and babysitter for a child with special needs mm-hmm. when she was in college in Pennsylvania. And that family she got very close with. So when we started dating, she wanted to introduce me to that family. Mm-hmm. So when I went there, um, the the husband of the, fa- of the family was very much like a, f- a father to Rebecca in a sense. Yeah. Like very fatherly. And he wanted to drink a beer with me mm-hmm. while he grilled, mm-hmm. actually. And we would step outside and talk while we enjoyed our beers. And he wanted to, through that, understand who I was yeah. and get a good sense of me. And then that's when he said... You know, after talking to me for a while, that he feels like I could be okay for Rebecca, and then here we are. Yeah, I and 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 I feel I had that um, kind of uh, unspoken uh, approval from Pete. Yeah, yeah, and it was, I f- and I feel like back then, emotions weren't spoken about as openly right. as they are right. nowadays. So that right. makes sense. But you could have a beer with your father-in-law to be okay yeah. in my case um and and not really talk about um you know your relationship with his daughter right it's but just instead, getting to know you as a person yes but just talking about whatever was in the news or yeah. talking about golf or whatever and that's beer for you yeah it's always been like that yeah. cool well thank you very much I would like to uh, make one correction okay. um, to the earlier podcast. Okay. Okay. Your mother's recipe for beer sauce and ham. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe she doesn't remember it, but I'm the one who found the recipe in, I think it was called the Farmhouse Cookbook. And I made that recipe, um, and she liked it. Mm-hmm. And and I was the one who would make the sauce to go in the crock pot. Okay. 
Um, and I particularly remember that um, her, uh, her sister, Barb, um, and her husband, Mike, when Mike had an industrial accident, was in the hospital, okay, in the Toledo area, um, I made that dish and took it up to the hospital that, with mm -hmm. your mother, you know, to visit them. And, um, and, and they really raved about it. Oh, good. Okay. So it's, so it's been tested. It's quite it, a bit. It, it, it's, it's been tested and, uh, hopefully it is, it's in your mother's cookbook that she's putting together. Yeah. She um, did put together a family cookbook. That's right. So yeah, but I do a, have to awesome. remind her, I do have to remind her that I'm the one who made her a cook. But since then, she's taken ownership because she's done it a lot more. <laughs> oh yes, a lot yeah. more. She's 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 an extremely good cook, and she's got tons and tons of recipes. She also tweaks a lot. Yes, on the fly. Uh, yes, by taste. Yes, exactly. Cool. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. And let's do some mystery beers. So okay. this is going to be the same as with mom. Where Rebecca picked one for you, and Mike Johnzak from Wine World picked one for you. Okay. Um, and Rebecca did describe to Mike your tastes <laughs> and Mom's tastes so that he would have a reference point for what he was picking. And obviously, she knows you guys, so she can do that. So, let's go with Beer A. It's the one on your left. And it looks... I mean, it looks um, amber in yep. color. Yep. A little hazy. Can't... I mean, yours I can kind of see through. Mine's Mine probably, looks pretty clear. Yeah, mine's probably closer to the bottom of the can or bottle mm -hmm. because there's a bit of a haziness to it, as you can see. Um, it actually doesn't even look like the same beer. No, for that reason it doesn't. But that ends up happening. Okay. Smell? <sighs> Smells like... What do you get out of it? It's light on the nose. It uh, it's a very light yes it's a very light smell, um, hoppy, but light. I get a very 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 low kind of caramel note on there. It's very low, but it smells crisp and clean. Yes, like a lager to me. Mm -mm. It's a little bit heavier than that, in my estimation. <laughs> I'm I'm my <laughs> I'm I'm my rating chart, which is completely different than than yours and your experience. Smell a little bit of a honey in there, and a very 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 slight apple note at the end. Yeah, a little apple I can smell. Yeah, but other than that, like I said, the nose is not it's not super robust nose. It's very it, yeah. you got to kind of work to to pick things. All right, I'm going to try it. Hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. that's a very particular finish to it. And I know what I'd say that is. What do you What do you taste out of it? Your first few sips. It's okay. It's um. It's a little um. Heavy? Um, I think, I don't know. For me, what I get most out of it is it's very drying. 
It's got a super dry finish to it. I honestly, I do taste a little bit of that kind of caramel I said I was getting on the nose, um, but it's it's got like a, a malty sweetness, but it's also got a finish that's very cereal to it. It's like naked Cheerios, basically, not Honey Nut, but just like regular Cheerio type note in the finish. It was really drying. It's not bad, but I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm kind of like a bit in the middle on this beer. And is it a little bit um, higher in alcohol content? No, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd see this probably around six, maybe around six percent, maybe. It's um, this is not a beer that I would drink in order to quench my thirst no, on a no. hot day. Yeah, no. It's um. Okay, so this is something I've gotten in beers before, and it's not what ends up being in it, but it, it the, with the mouthfeel of it and some of the flavor notes, and I think partially the, that um, cereal note, it's coming off as like peanut flour. But I don't feel like it tastes like peanut butter or anything. I just feel like no. there's kind of like a peanut flour type note. I don't know. I'm not huge on it. It's not bad, but I don't really like it either. Right. I'm about in that category. Okay. So we'll let that one sit. Let's go to this B. This one looks lighter in color. Well, and this is a funny thing. Yours looks darker. Mine looks lighter. It's the reverse of the first one where mine's clear. I can see through it. Yours is a little... It's a little closer in color than the last two glasses were. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I think maybe you got a pour that was further down in the can or bottle than mine. So mm-hmm. I got pretty clear and you got less clear. But yeah, it's very, it, it's kind of a little more orangey. Yep. Like it's amber, but it's kind of more on the orange side. And a little more like uh, honey uh, where the bees have uh, been in the buckwheat. Yeah. Well, go ahead and smell it. There were two things that I thought immediately when I smelled it. It doesn't not smell like beer to me. Well, it's it's pretty malt driven, I will say. <laughs> it's a little bit sweet Grainy. on the nose. Yeah, there's a lot of grain to it. Um, I think it's got a like a low grade brown sugar note in the nose, mixed with like raw honey, kind of like a raw honey smell. Yeah, I get, I get the honey. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty much all I smell in it. There aren't a ton of of notes playing around in there. Yeah. Okay. Let me taste it. It smells more robust than the first one, though. Like it's gonna have more flavor. Okay. So this one's significantly less drying. I will say that. Okay. Um, compared to the other one, this one, one is more flat. You mean flavor-wise or no, carbonation? Effervescence. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think that's why it's probably less drying as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's a little syrupy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does come off a little syrupy in comparison to the first one. It's more bitter, I will say, than the first one. Mm-hmm. But I don't dislike that about it. It is... I do get that kind of, like, raw honey flavor. Has more of an aftertaste. Yeah. There's a slight apple note in this one. I wasn't really... I was smelling it in the first one. I wasn't really tasting it. I wasn't really smelling it so much in this one, but I taste apple. A little apple in this one. It's like honey, apple. Very grainy, like you were saying. On the nose. Yeah. This one's decent. Not bad. That's not... That's not bad. Okay. Now for rating. I gotta go, I gotta go back to A. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it's... It's not great. B, I think, is better. It's got, like... I don't know. A's got, like, a little bit of, like, a tart zing to it. That's kind of weird. It's, like, kind of tangy, mm-hmm. which I, I find odd. B, might, B has that slightly, but not not that much. Okay. I'm going to give A a 2, and I'm going to give B a 3. I and could, I'll, and I I'll give, okay. could drink both of them. I would give A a 5. Okay. And give B a two. Okay. Okay. So three and a half on yeah, three and a half for A and a overall two and a half for B. So the winner, obviously, is A. So let's go ahead and find out what B is first and we'll find out who picked this one for okay. you. Okay. Because obviously you prefer A. Yes. Over B. Alright, so I'll but Molson <laughs> over the east. So I'll pull out the. Okay, so B was Mike's pick, Mike Johnzak's pick. Uh, okay. So you didn't like his pick as much. Okay. So this is Manor Hill Brewing's mild mannered amber ale, and it is five point three percent. Um, and Manor Hill Brewing's out of Ellicott City, Maryland. I've had this beer, but it's been a long time, and to be honest, when I had this beer, it tasted way, way better. Sorry, Kurt Kroll, but it tasted better because it was being brewed by Ben Little, and he did an outstanding job. He kind of, like, reinvented the amber style, in a sense. He had some really crazy flavors in that beer that didn't make you think of an amber, but it was awesome. So, sorry, Kurt, but not a fan. So much. <laughs> I don't hate it. It's an amber ale, you know. Okay, so let's find out what, what the winner is. Overall of 3.5, which means that Rebecca picked the better one for you. Rebecca picked the winner. Okay. Again. So this is Blue Point Brewing Company's Toasted Lager, and it is an American-style amber, and it is 5.5% alcohol, so they're yep. basically the same. And Blue Point is out of Pat. Patchogue, New York, and Baldwinsville, New York. So you like that one? 
Well, it was a five on my rating. The Toasted Lager. I've had this beer a long time ago, and I remember enjoying it, but that's back when I was just Mm -hmm. getting into craft beer. Um, Hate to tell you, that's Anheuser-Busch InBev product now. They bought them some years ago. Okay. So owned by ABM. Only got five. No. Mm -hmm. I rate Molson higher. (laughs) Well... Maybe if you come on another episode, we can sneak in Molson as a blind taste and yeah, see what and you really think. Right. Because that's happened before on the podcast where someone will say, I really love this beer, and then we end up having it on blind and they say bad things about it. <laughs> I understand. Never know. But, okay. None of these like super wowed, but not bad either. Thank you for being on this episode. Oh, well, you're welcome. And, um, yeah, that'll wrap it up. People, if you want more familial episodes, let me know. You can email BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. Not just that, but if you guys have ideas for any new formats for episodes or if you have particular beers you want me to try, either as warm-up beer or as mystery beers or whatever, just let us know. Thank you very much, and until next time, keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 